0: Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for June 9th, Friday, 2023. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn, and this is my show. We are coming to you live on a gorgeous Friday afternoon here in Chicago. Went for a little run, five-mile jaunt, J-A-U-N-T, about an hour ago. uh, waded through all the pot smoke and the reefers and all that fun stuff on Waveland Ave North of Wrigley because tonight is the big Dead and Company concert I think they're playing tonight and tomorrow uh, even but their uh, their last tour if if you don't know Dead and Company is the surviving members of the Grateful Dead and then a couple other guys too including John Mayer so they play a bunch of songs. They basically have been doing, my understanding. I've never seen them or anything, but they have basically been doing summer tours for the last like eight years, ten years. They formed. They've been around for maybe a decade. Uh, and according to them, this is their last hurrah. So they're they're hitting Wrigley. They're always it's it's always on the Wrigley summer schedule. Is dead and cold. So. They're playing tonight. Everyone's out. Everyone's got their tie-dye shirts. Everyone's wearing care bears. Uh, just smells just awful all around the neighborhood. So, I saw some posters. There are people selling nitrous oxide for sale, which apparently I don't know anything about nitrous oxide. I was reading a little bit about it, though. It's apparently something you can just casually buy um, at like your local chemical distributor store, and then huff it and get just insanely high. So. Everyone's out. Everyone uh, is is pumped for that. The Cubs the Cubs don't give us too much to root for these days at Wrigley Field, but we'll still root for John Mayer and Dead Co. It's 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 a crazy week. Last weekend we had Taylor Swift here, all the Swifties were out, and then this weekend we have John Mayer and Dead Co. here, so all the the Mayer heads are out. So it's kind of a big clash. If you don't know the full details of that, we might get into it. I I floated this idea by Rachel, and she was pretty uh, excited. We were on our way to uh, a bar Wednesday night to watch the big Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 3, the final part, although there's another episode next week that's not a reunion. It's called Secrets Revealed. If, By the way, on that note, if you missed it, I live tweeted all three reunions. If you went and assembled all of my tweets across the three weeks, there would probably be like 400, something like that. I was, I pretty much picked up the phone all three nights and copied and pasted my hashtags that I used. Um, which were Pump Rules and Vanderpump Rules Reunion, I think, and then even on night three because it was also the same night as the NBA Finals. That's right. We went to a bar not to watch the NBA Finals but to watch Vanderpump Rules. Uh, you know, you just paste your hashtags in there and you start typing. And you just, for me at least, I basically started tweeting, and the only time I stopped was occasionally during commercial breaks. But then depending on the commercial, I would take uh, or I'd tweet about that as well. Moving ahead here, though, I floated by Rachel that we might do power ranking in the future of Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriends, because I think there's at least like 35, I can't, it's like 36 maybe, I can't remember exactly, now that she broke up with the guy from the 1975, and there's new rumors out about that uh, Wichita State player that she might be dating, the kid from the Lakers, so... There's all sorts of stuff going on. I'm still pulling for like a Mason Ramsey situation. I think that's the kid who's saying that you yodeled at the Walmart, right? So there's a lot of stuff. I can't even, I don't even know how to prepare for that because by the time I start doing my power rankings, by the time we're actually recording, we'll probably have a new one that we got to throw into the mix and it's just going to adjust and potentially. Uh, poison the entire calculus not to mention this is probably going to end up being like a yearly thing we have to do because you figure each year with taylor swift you get a new crop of two to three so maybe not annual but biannual could be good if we get a new five every other year every two years could be nice So that's something to look forward to. I'll mention here that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. And hello to my friends in Pakistan. Uh, Whether you're listening in Karachi, Hyderabad, uh, or anywhere else, thank you so much for listening to my show. Thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast here in the Great uh, nation or there in the great nation not here in the great nation of pakistan here is chicago we're here i'm here for another two ish hours before i got to go off to the airport nothing better than spending your friday night at the airport it's just i spent my last this past saturday at the airport uh in uh, san diego and in atlanta and now this friday night missing two parties two birthday parties uh to go to uh, the airport, to go to Midway. Happy birthday, by the way, to uh, friends of the podcast, Aaron, Matt, and Haley. Haley's been on before. Great time, great energy, just a star, really. But they, uh, uh, there's two separate friend groups. There's two birthdays um, that I unfortunately have to miss both, which is a bummer, but it's for a good cause. We're flying out to Beantown tonight. That's right. Beantown goes to Beantown to celebrate the wedding celebration of cousin of the podcast, Iowa uh, Deji. So looking forward to that, getting roped into some tear up and, and set down kind of activities, but it should be fine. Not too worried about it. Um, it'd be nice to see family. It's a 30 hour trip. I think I get in at like 12, 15 a.m. Central time tonight slash tomorrow morning and my flight leaves at i think seven fifteen a.m uh or excuse me I, I meant eastern time but like seven fifteen eastern time sunday morning so it's approximately a 31 hour trip so we got that going for us but it should be fun to see some friends see some family well mostly just family i don't uh i don't have any friends really that are going rather all right, let's do a quick palindrome of the day, which I did not prepare for at all. I know last week we had the big long phrase. I think it involved lasagna, which then inspired me to actually go um, to actually go make kind of a one pot lasagna sort of thing. Uh, I'll mention that in a second here. Today's palindrome of the day is "civic." C I V I C. Whether you are volunteering at the polls or whether you are driving a all new Honda electric vehicle, "civic" is today's palindrome. Of the day, and what I wanted to mention about the lasagna. Oh, I I I don't usually. So when I I cook, I do my big batch cooking on Monday nights, and it's usually you know sometimes it's involved. Usually it's pretty chill. I really I, I went for it this past week, and it turned out well. I'm still working on it. Day five here. I'm gonna have a couple of uh, just kind of finish off what I can before heading to the airport because. Midway, I don't know if you guys have been to Midway lately, but the food options there kind of blow. I'm a big Midway fan and a big Midway defender for a variety of reasons. It's just I feel like a little bit more chill overall. Well, it's definitely more chill overall. I get through security faster. The whole thing just feels like less of a stressor than O'Hare. But you you trade that with the fact that the food options stink. Uh, so, gotta gotta load up there a little bit, but. Oh, man, I completely lost my, oh, uh, the lasagna. So basically I bought, you know, you go to Trader Joe's, at least the one by me, doesn't have lasagna noodles or anything like that, so you got to improvise. I don't know the name of these noodles, but they're kind of like Trader Joe's specialty ones. They kind of got like the rib, the ribbed edge action, um, so they're fun. It's not like a common pasta shape or name or anything like that, so I, I can't tell you exactly what it's called. It's not, like a, it's not like a farfalle or a tagliatelle or something, but it's fun. It kind of mimics lasagna but obviously they're little individual bite-sized things not long flat noodles regardless so basically I cooked up a whole pot of that separately and then you scare up on the on the stove in your Dutch oven uh, two things of ground turkey and some um, basically some some chicken sausage that was uh, spicy so it had it was it's was kind of like mock andouille sausage it kind of had a nice bite to it and then uh, you take that out. You get some onions, some garlic. Um, I did uh, just one bell pepper on there as well. I think that was all that was in there. It was pretty simple, like, veggie base. Oh, and then I threw um, – well, no, I, I, I kept that out, so I got that out. And then you make your cheese mixture, right? So just a, a tub of ricotta, the, like, regular kind of small to medium-sized ricotta, nothing um, nothing too big, and then two eggs, and then, you know, just some salt and pepper, you know, pretty pretty basic stuff. And then you just throw that together in a bowl. You mix it up real good. And then um, basically, you know, just like any good lasagna, you got to do your layers. So for me, is just um I think I just started off with a little bit of olive oil. Then I think I went noodles. I don't remember exactly how I did it. But basically, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three. I also had a big can of... uh uh, oh, and the marinara sauce, I just combined with the meat and the veggies. So it was one, one uh, bowl was meat, veggies, marinara. One bowl was cheese and eggs. One bowl was pasta. And then I had a big can of uh, diced tomatoes as well just to kind of add some extra bite in there, some extra sauciness. Layer it up. Uh, it, was all, it was all all the uh, layers were cooked, but I threw it in the stove for about 10 minutes just so everyone with the, the lid on, the Dutch oven, could get to know each other uh through some uh light mozzarella on on top which is you know you definitely miss out on some of the flavor but you get some of the texture still so throw it all in there for like 10 minutes something like that you come out a big old pot you've got a whole thing for 5 nights and it's you know as we're trying to like get into a little bit more of not penny pinching but you know just trying to be a little bit more conscious of spending money with, uh, you know, future wedding planning and just all that stuff. And, um, all the other fun expenses that life throws at you as you get into your, uh, almost our thirties here. It's a great, it was, it was not a super expensive, uh, five day plan. Uh, probably not the healthiest thing by any means. Um, but I, it's not terrible either. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a lot of pasta every day. It's marinara sauce, plenty of sugar in there, but I, it's like, uh, okay, I'm also doing ground Turkey, chicken sausage, Uh, which is not, you know, it's, it's pumped full of stuff probably too, but, uh, but you know, then it's just like tomatoes, peppers, onions, garlic, um, some more tomatoes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really not, not too bad overall. So that's our, our lasagna recipe of the week. Maybe we'll come back uh, with another great one in the future here, but let's uh, quickly shout out our sponsors. Then we got to get into the meat and potatoes of today, although we're going to keep it relatively short because, um, because I gotta to go to the airport in, in two hours and still try. I haven't packed at all anything. Gotta put my wedding clothes together, all you know, plan all my outfits, my glam. There's a lot of stuff I gotta do. So yeah. Um I wanna give a quick shout out to our sponsors at Homepart Oregon. Uh, if you need your home inspected in central Oregon, you're gonna to wanna to call the experts. Call someone who's safe, certified, someone that you trust, call Steve at 541-410-0316- or visit homepiredorgan.com. Tell him Quinn sent you. He'll get you set up with a, a beautiful new home inspection. You don't want any surprises, guys. There's, there's time when surprises are good, like a birthday party or something. And there's times when surprises are just not as nice. Like when you buy a new home and you learn that the HVAC is not all you thought it was, right? No one likes that surprise. Or uh, you bought tickets to dead in company at Wrigley Field and you huffed a bunch of nitrous oxide and turns out you got scammed big time. And you should have seen the, uh, the red, the writing on the wall, really Daniel style book of Daniel, uh, when your tickets were only $7 a piece, when the fees are more than the ticket price, that's the red flag guys. No, that did not happen to me. Uh, I, I, dead and company is like, yeah, if I, in fact, I said this to a friend last night at Kickball, if you gave me like the opportunity to go see it for 20 bucks or something and I wasn't doing anything that night, sure, I'll do it. But, you know, there's people out there that are total deadheads. They got their bear t-shirts on, there's furries and, you know, they're spending hundreds of dollars to get primo seats at Wrigley and I'm just, uh considering i can't name you a grateful dead song which is totally on me right it's not on anyone else but me but i can't um it's not my uh it's, it's uh i'm out as the sharks would say so with all that in mind home pirate organ inspection perfection also want to give a big shout out to the samson q2 u series took a week off last week totally fine uh the quality suffered though i think you guys notice when we're doing we're raw dogging it versus using an expert uh Handcrafted product, homemade, family grown, uh, right here in the States, although I think it's Japan, so like the Japanese states. The Samson Q2U series, when you want crisp, clear audio quality, whether you're listening to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel or uh, you're doing the whole Braille thing with the writing on the wall, when God speaks, and he'll speak through writing on the wall, too. Uh, he uses a Samson. And then, of course, our good friends at Cuts by Q. I did a, a pretty significant Cuts by Q this week, uh, getting that summer cut going here. Uh, it was just starting to get a little, like, bulky. So we just uh, trimmed some stuff down. It's not a perfect cut. It was a little bit rough. And I keep saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do some some minor trims here and there. And then I'm just deciding to go to Beantown tonight, just intact, and seeing what happens, maybe wear a fedora or something. We'll see what I find in the airport. I, you know, typically you're, you, you know, you want to go to like an o- O'Hare or an Atlanta or a Nashville or a Miami for sure if you want to find a good airport fedora. I don't necessarily think of Southwest Chicago that way or Logan. I don't think you see that many fedoras around boston or cambridge or harvard typically i think of more like the poor boy caps like if that was a newspaper boy or a chimney sweep in the 1920s those types of hats i think are probably more the style um, these days out there but regardless uh we're just gonna let the hair flow as much as it can and uh, see where the wind takes us so when you need a fresh do something snappy or new call the experts at cuts by q so, let's get into it. As you probably saw, and this was just I think it was I think it was yesterday morning or the day before. Well, let's let's start off on a happy note. Not it's not a happy note, but more of a kind of a less um toxic note, if you will. Uh George Winston, who is a fantastic pianist who could kind of do everything stylistically. He passed away. It was all the way back on the 4th of June, I believe. Um but it was one of those things I didn't even hear about it until uh yesterday. Um I wasn't notified until I, I heard from my mom and then I, I sent it to my um two friends, John Paul Pandowski, who's been on the show many times in a variety of roles, and Ryan Singer, who's a piano god, uh sent it to them and they were, you know, uh didn't it was breaking news for them as well. So it was um it was tough. But George Winston, fantastic. He could do all sorts of different styles. There's so much that I I haven't even explored. I wanna spend the next week or two weeks plus exploring that when i get the chance to listen to some more george winston but just a fantastic player very smooth um and i i was introduced to him because he did a bunch of vince garaldi peanuts kind of universe covers and his own twist on things they they tended to be very like you know just straightforward covers of vince but um just in in george's kind of mellow melodic tones, so George Winston passed away of uh cancer and he was spectacular uh, one of those guys where it's like you're you're aware of him, you know the name I got some of his c d s from the library when I was you know or high school and stuff, but I uh, never got the chance to see him live so that's a shame uh to get to uh the uh what's going to be a brief subject if you will of today's show, Pat Robertson friend of the show well it not even so not a friend of the show but more of a friend of the friend of the show because we have uh, probably a handful of still ultra conservative listeners with this program cuz that's that's the universe i grew up in that was my reality uh for the first 18 to 19 years of my life which it is what it is hey you know and pat robertson i wouldn't say pat robertson was a big part of my childhood but i will say this like everyone growing up every kid who didn't have cable such as ourselves had those those couple random channels right so for us in northern illinois that included outside of the networks you're getting uh pbs we had two c-spans right not just c-span but c-span 2 there was, uh, you know, the WB, which was Channel 14 for us, which is now the CW. We got WGN, which was Clutch for Cubs games back when Cubs games used to be uh, on WGN. Uh, even when like Comcast SportsNet came out, which I think it was called something different when it originally aired, but it was it was a network that got launched in probably like 2005, 2006, seven like that era. We even got that one, which was awesome. But there's always, for us, it was like 15 through 17. It's kind of like one of them was probably a local access. One of them just played stuff that you can't even remember or describe. And there's always a a good Bible channel, right? And on any good Bible channel, you're going to get some Pat Robertson. You're going to get some 700 Club, which I don't even know. We're going to learn something new today. What is the 700 Club reference? What does that mean? Is it some sort of... uh, Biblical reference. I'm just trying to wonder what, or or figure out the name, the naming convention. What is? Oh, here we go. So, Google just Google search 700 Club. Why is it called 700? This is per uh, Wikipedia. To keep the station on air. W.Y.A.H. produced a special telethon edition of the show for the telethon. Robertson set a goal of 70 members, each contributing $10 per month, which was enough to support the station. Robertson referred to these members as the 700 Club, and the name stuck. So my understanding based off of that is Pat Robertson was just like a personality on this Bible network, probably back in the 60s or something like that. And uh, that's 700 Club. I learned that, you know even if it's something you didn't really want to care about or learn about we all learned why it was called the 700 club i've been aware of that show for 20 plus years and um, just now learned i honestly going into it i thought there was going to be some sort of like biblical revelation in the in the book of revelation something chapter 18 with the you know next to the the three-headed angels and the sulfur pits and the cataclysmic events cataclysmic oh god see a t a oh this is tough usually when i spell words i'm like oh yeah i'll do it now i have no idea cataclysmic is it just c a t a c l y s m i c i don't think there's an h in there is there cataclysmic i think i spelled it right dude i did c a t a c l y s i m i c it's not one of those words that's like particularly challenging, but it's kind of tricky. You think there might be an H snuck in there or something. Cataclysmic, there you go, your word of the day here on the Beantown Podcast. But I thought it was going to be some sort of, you know, biblical. I feel like 700 Club is all about revelation and stuff. But to finish off this point, definitely no people who watch this show who either – were big Pat Robertson stands, or had family members or close friends who were. So look, I'm not here as we do our little eulogy here. I've got two different sites pulled up. One is a Breitbart.com article under the topic faith, which will be good. And one is from liveabout.com, article titled Stupid Pat Robertson Quotes. There's 10 with some honorable mentions, which I will mention one of the honorable mentions. I'll start there because it's great um, when we get there. But I'm not here to... um, just go in hard on Pat one way or another regardless of uh, our feelings or the show's feelings being com. but uh I'm just going to read some some facts okay and you and that that'll be Pat's legacy okay and we'll let we'll just let Pat speak for himself so first this is from com. All the Bannon heads out there going nuts. We don't usually reference Breitbart, but here we go. These are five facts that you didn't know about Pat Robertson, and this is just kind of, uh, you know, we already learned about 700 Club. Now we're going to learn five more facts. So number one, Robertson's father was a Democrat congressman, Democrats, ooh, and U.S. Senator. So Pat's father was Absalom Willis Robertson. Absalom, Absalom. won a book the senior Robertson, a committed Baptist, not a committed arsonist, was also a seven-term Democrat congressman for, from Virginia, who served as U.S. senator from 46 to 66. So that was kind of right around the time the Democratic Party was switching from the way it was pre-kind of World War ii ish to the basically the the two parties flip sides uh, around like FDR's time and into the 50s. Number two, Robertson earned a law degree from Yale. I did not know that. Uh, Pat didn't start out life headed down the ministerial path. Good word. He graduated with honors from uh, McCallie School, which I used to recruit from. It's in Chattanooga. In 1946, before he went to Washington and Lee, he was in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve uh, during Korea. My grandfather was in the military during Korea. I uh, eventually went to Yale, got his JD. Good for him. I mean, it's the number one law school. There you go. Number three, Robertson was a financial analyst at W.R. Grayson Co. in New York City. Before entering New York Theological Seminary, he was working on a financial analyst with his law degree uh, as, he, as he studied to take the bar exam. Working while you're studying to take the bar exam. thats uh, I don't know what it was like back in the 50s when he was doing this stuff, but that was, uh, I mean, it's pretty just badass no matter how you look at it. Number four, Robertson got his—we already kind of said this— Robertson got his theology degree from New York City Bible School. sure did. And then number five, poured out a bottle of—we're going to learn something new today— corvoisier, cor, corvoisier, after his conversion. C-O-U-R-V-O-I-S-I-E-R. Corvoisier? Something like that. Uh, I don't even know what that is, but basically he uh, converted— for his autobiography, he took down a painting of a nude woman that was hanging over his sofa. I never even thought of that. And poured out his bottle of, oh, it's cognac. Okay. All right, he moved to a Christian camp after that in Canada. And by the way, Pat Robertson dying at the age of 93. I know in the recent, like, last five years, he really started to look rough. But, man, I don't know about you. I've, like, had the image excuse me, of Pat Robertson in my head since I was, you know, probably six or seven years old, 2000. And Pat has looked exactly the same uh, up until the last, maybe like four years, three or four years. He's looked exactly the same. If you had to ask me in 2000, how old is Pat Robertson? I would say late seventies. If you asked me five years ago, how old is Pat Robertson? Late seventies. Cause he's just looked exactly the same. So, those are some facts about Pat Robertson. Here are some top quotes. So I'm just going—I'm not going to read all ten of these. There's ten plus honorable mentions. This isn't a top ten list or anything. We're just going to—I look—I skimmed this beforehand. Uh, one that I was floating around quite a bit was the 9/11 stuff. So if you don't recall, right after 9/11, Jerry Falwell was on 700 Club, I believe it was, hosted by Pat, or maybe because 700 Club used to be. Um, used to be a a Jerry Falwell thing, and then I think he handed it off to Pat was how it went. I don't remember exactly. But basically, okay, so here we go. So I'll just kind of read. This one is kind of like it jumps around a little bit, so it's it's tough. But you can just watch the clip too. So this is a Pat quote. He says, well, I totally concur, and that's in response to Jerry Falwell following the September 11th attacks after Falwell had said – I really believe that the pagans and the abortionists and the feminists and the gays and the lesbians who are actively trying to make an alternative lifestyle, the ACLU people for the American way, all of them who have tried to secularize America, I point the figure in their face and say, you helped this happen. So that's, you know, that was more of a Jerry Falwell one, but Pat just comes in with the hot take right after saying, well, yes, I concur. Okay, so uh, that was an honorable mention here as we look at our top 10 list. I don't want to read every single one of these, but, um, oh, here's a good one. This is number nine on the list. This is Pat. Just like what Nazi Germany did to the Jews, so liberal America is now doing to the evangelical Christians. It's no different. It's the same thing. It's happening all over again. It is the Democratic Congress, the liberal-based media, and the homosexuals who want to destroy the Christians. Wholesale abuse and discrimination and the worst bigotry directed towards any group in America today. More terrible than anything suffered by any minority in history. That last one, I think, that last part really brings it home. More terrible the liberal media than anything suffered by any minority in history. So just, you know, good stuff. Uh, this is on uh, on the topic of, uh, quote, gay days at Disney World, okay? This is Pat, quote, I would warn Orlando that you're right in the way of some serious hurricanes, and I don't think I'd be waving those flags in God's face if I were you. This is not a message of hate. This is a message of redemption. Mm. But a condition like this, condition, I say, will bring, I I added that part, uh, will bring about the destruction of your nation. It'll bring about terrorist bombs. It'll bring earthquakes, tornadoes, and possibly a meteor. And, you know, with the whole Ron DeSantis stuff, uh with basically Ron DeSantis versus Disney it just kind of uh it just kind of seems like the same thing over and over and over again you know um so that's good stuff from Pat on Orlando. Uh, finding a couple other ones here. Oh, this one's fun. The feminist agenda is not about equal rights for women. It's about a socialist, anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. Dude, you couldn't even like write that if you were like doing an SNL sketch or something. To recap here, all the things he mentioned here, Encourages women to leave their husbands. Okay, kill their children. Yikes! Practice witchcraft. All right, we're going back to the sixteen twenties. Destroy capitalism. Well, this yeah, a lot of people probably feel that way. And then the kicker: become lesbians. You gotta love it. You got to love it. Uh, Let's uh, let's keep going here. Let's get started to uh, starting to wrap things up here because I gotta eat something, pack my bag, all that fun stuff. Uh, oh, on the topic of women. I know this is painful for the ladies to hear, but if you get married, you've accepted the headship of a man, your husband. Christ is the head of the household, and the husband is the head of the wife, and that's the way it is, period. All right, there's a good one about Israel in here. He really let Ariel Sharon have it about how he was appeasing the EU. But this is a fun one. If you don't know, this is a neighborhood in uh Um, Washington, D.C. that he's referencing. Maybe we need a very small nuke thrown off on Foggy Bottom to shake things up. And that's him uh, on the topic of nuking the State Department, which is pretty fun. I don't know. It's light. It's, you know, it's just fun, really. There's no other way to say that. All right, let's maybe find... uh, There's one good one about assassinating Hugo Chavez, which is good. Um, Oh, but... uh, Okay, we're going to do two more because there's a great sexist one and there's a great racist one, okay? And you got to have your your dessert and eat it too. So, okay, here we go, last two. This is from 2010 uh, in response to the Haiti earthquake, which we remember, devastating to an already crippled country. All right, quote, it may be a blessing in disguise. Something happened a long time ago in Haiti and people might not want to talk about it. Oh, here we go. Pat's peeling back the layers. layers. Haitians were originally under the heel of the French, you know, Napoleon Third or whatever. He's a history buff just like me. And they got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you get us free from the French. True story. And so the devil said, okay, it's a deal. Ever since, they've been cursed by one thing after the other. Man, if they had just stayed under the heel of Napoleon Third or whatever, everything would be different. And finally, a great kicker. This is number one on the list, and I love it. I think you're going to love it too. Quote, Pat riding us off into the sunset here on Beantown Podcast, June 9th. Like it or not, males have a tendency to wander a little bit. What you want to do is make a home so wonderful that he doesn't want to wander. And that's Pat giving advice in the 700 Club to a woman whose husband had recently cheated on her. Hey, men are going to wander, you know? little wanderer by deathcap for cutie uh, about um uh, zoe Deschanel, believe it or not part of the uh Kintsugi album actually i don't that one's about like a long distance relationship i don't know cuz codes and keys was the um wait no that's not right Kintsugi is the zoe the zoe Chanel album so it probably is it's not quite as like biting or or um sad as um <sighs> what's it called no room in frame the opener from that album which is a it, it's in the most death cab way possible a total banger and also just devastating that's ben Gibbard for you guys that's what i have i gotta go skedaddle i gotta hit the airport and uh go uh, hang out with some family go be in boston for 31 hours bean town goes to bean town thank you so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed our our tribute to pat robertson and some of our other fun stuff as well That's what I got for you, everyone. I hope that you have a great weekend. Enjoy this beautiful weather here. We got Father's Day next week. It's going to be a blast. Let's get some outro music going, everyone. I hope that you stay safe. Hope you stay sane. I will check in on you next time. Bye.